Welcome to Core Nourishment. I'm Annie Wagner, your host. This podcast is designed to empower, inspire, ignite presence, purpose, and intention in your day. Welcome back. This is episode seven. Thank you to everyone who has been tuning in and listening and supporting this podcast. I am having so much fun and I am really excited about today's guest, Nathan Smith, a dear friend, phenomenal yoga teacher. He's a certified high performance coach and founder of Embodied Excellence. And in this episode, he shares his journey through tragedy and loss and how he discovered yoga network healing and deep courage within himself to leap out of biochemistry and into the world and business of high-performance coaching. Um, He chooses to live with passion, presence, and purpose, and Nathan has a tremendous desire to make a difference in people's lives. You get a real sense of his heart and compassion in this episode. Enjoy. Episode seven. Welcome back. This is the Core Nourishment Podcast with Annie Wagoner, and I'm your host. And I am so excited to announce today that I have my first male guest, and it is Nathan Smith. He is a dear friend, phenomenal yoga teacher, certified high performance coach, and founder of Embodied Excellence, which he's going to share all about today. Um, thank you for joining me, Nathan. Thank you, Annie. I'm really excited to be here and excited that I'm your first male guest, too. That's pretty cool. So thank you for having me. You're welcome. I know. I felt like it was perfect. It was up there. I said the word purpose. So it was perfect because originally my intention and thought with my my podcast was to kind of hone in and focus in on women. And then I, I realized after doing a few, I was like, wait, no, hold on. There are a lot of men I'd love to learn more about and who also inspire and who I wanted to interview as well. You were the first person, of course, that I thought of because part of my intention is to help inspire and ignite people to live with more passion, presence, purpose, which are all words that when I think of you that I think of. So mm. I know that, that those three words are very much a part of who you are and how you choose to they show are, up in yeah. life. Mm-hmm, absolutely. <laughs> and then also um, embody what your, to me, what your business is all about. So um, let's just dive into it. Let's do it. All right. So, um, and I'm really excited to learn more about you today, Nathan. <laughs> so just to put it out there to all you listeners, I had the opportunity to be, um, well, I've known you, gosh, Nathan, for a few years now, you know, not so well a few years ago, which is kind of in the yoga world, mm-hmm. um, both being yoga teachers. Nathan teaches at Zev Yoga, um, which is a fabulous studio. Um, actually, there are three studios in Portsmouth, Dover, and Exeter. Um, if those of you are on Seacoast area, want to check a studio out and go to Nathan's class. He's one of my favorite teachers. And so definitely knew you through that. And then um, learned of your high performance coaching. And I was really intrigued by that. And I remember 
asking a little bit about that, I think at White Heron one time, and then again as I was starting to do mm, your classes. Yep. And then um, and then I became one of your clients. And I have to say it was transformative for me in so many ways. So um, Yeah, it was great to see you go through that process. And you were such a great client, such an ideal client, because so dedicated to the work, um, which is so important too. So um, I really appreciated that about you as a client. Thank you. Thanks, Nathan. Um, so I want to, I want you to share for people who don't know what high performance is, um, what, and there's so many more questions I have, but I, just because I've mentioned the word a few times and high performance coach, what, how do you define a high performance coach and what led you, why did you choose high performance coaching versus perhaps any, any other coaching programs? Oh, that's a great question. Um, so high performance, first of all, cause a lot of people get confused or not confused, but they have an assumption when they hear high performance, they think uh, it must be athletics of some kind. And that's the most common response. And really, we break high performance down into a couple of different definitions. One is really more the technical you know, def, uh, dictionary definition, which is it's uh, achieving of, or performing above standard norms. So uh, your standard norm could, it's going to vary depending on what line of work you're in and, and what your life is like. But it's really just about, are you performing at a higher level than those people around you or whatever the standard is? Now that's a pretty dry definition. Ultimately what high performance means what it is it's a feeling it's it's that feeling of joy it's the feeling of having confidence in who you are and how you show up and and really engaging in your life in, in a very active way very proactive and intentional way and when you can do that and you combine it with performing at higher levels and there's lots of tools and strategies out there um, that we use that to help people do that that's when life really starts to to explode to expand and, and to get really exciting so, mm. so that's what it is. And then the second part of your question, why did I choose high performance? Yeah. Well, the world that I was in um, as a yoga teacher and having come from my background, we'll talk a little bit um, uh, further on, I'm sure, about, um, you know, I was at biochemistry. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I don't even know the word I'm looking for. I was in the biochemistry field. And um, and when high, this, this opportunity for high performance came in, one thing that I really loved about it is the structure. Mm-hmm. So... What I have is a curriculum that people go through of very specific areas that we know high performers excel in. And if we can sort of recreate these areas uh, for other people, we know that they're going to achieve higher levels in their life too. Uh, and, and it also came from a very reputable, reputable source, Brendan Burchard. Mm-hmm. Um, many people probably heard of him. Amazing, yeah. Yeah, I think he's one of the top 25 influential people in the world. Uh, and he just he's so dedicated to everything he does that whatever it is, it's going to be the best. It's going to be top shelf. Right. And so I, I trusted him so much and I got to, to see some of how he does what he does. And it just really resonated with me. Mm. Um, and I think in life, that's often, that's how I've lived my life um, a lot is by feeling. Yeah. Um, which sometimes I can get you in trouble, but um, yeah. I also feel like it's it's a really great way to assess things because the body usually already knows. Totally. It's our mind yeah. that messes us up. So it, it's really about, I just, I felt it. I'm like, okay, this is an opportunity for me to really help take people to another level. And I combine that with other things, uh, backgrounds that I have in terms of like yoga, Mm -hmm. as a yoga teacher, as well as I've worked in the healing field a little bit as well. So it's really exciting. I get to combine all these different things to help make people's lives better. And that's ultimately what what it's all about. That's awesome. That's so great. Yeah, I love that you talk about just honoring the feeling within you, um, that body wisdom, because I'm not sure... 
Um, I'm not sure everyone, like I believe, totally believe everyone's capable of that, but um, it sounds like you, have you always been that way? Have you always um, honored the feeling, like the intuition within you? Or uh, do you feel like... I would say, I mean, I'm like most people, I've yeah. probably, uh, I've, I've felt things and then I've not um, followed through with the feeling. Of course, and, yeah. And ended up probably in a worse way than I wanted, uh, which is, a, but it's all part of the learning. Yeah. Uh, but in general, yeah, I've always been more of a, okay, this is what it feels like. I'm going to go with that feeling because uh, I trust it. Yeah, that's um, awesome. And from a from a young age, that's just kind of the way I, the way I've been, and and I go with it, and it yeah. seems to be working out pretty good. Yeah, that's great. That's awesome, Nathan. So you mentioned Brendan when you first started in the high performance coaching um, because you really trusted him. You said you're really drawn to his energy and his curriculum and his style. Um, mm -hmm. Did you find that you you dove into it knowing you wanted to start your own business, or did you dive more into it for personal growth? Um, maybe it was a combination. Oh, great question. Uh, I would say, yeah, I would say it was both. Um, but I did know that I wanted to start my own business. I wanted to, ultimately, it was coming back to that place of, I wanted to, I want to help and serve other people. Mm -hmm. And I want to see yeah. how I can make their lives better. Yeah. Um, and that, a lot of that really stems from, from my history and my background. But that's a deep feeling within me to want to do that. And so with yoga, I was already able to do that. When I was working in the healing field, I was able to do that. Uh, and this would just presented as another opportunity for me to be able to do that at an even higher level. Mm -hmm. um, but also as a way that I could scale, I could reach more people than just my local community, mm -hmm. which is great too. Yeah. But it's a big world out there. Right, and, right. and those of us who want to make a big impact... Um, we have to be able to scale up uh, in any way we can. Yeah. And so this provided a great opportunity. And again, coming back to that structure for me is really important mm -hmm. because I'm someone, as I mentioned, I, I'm a I'm a feel it kind of person. And that can get me in trouble when I don't have a structure in place um, to ensure my my success. Because, yeah. you know, as if we're feelers, we can always go into, oh, well, I feel like doing this now or I feel like doing that now. And that can get you in trouble. Because then you're not being consistent in how you're showing up, uh, which consistency is huge, huge in, yeah. in high performance. Something so, I learned <laughs> very yes, much about. Yes, yeah. you did. Um, so, so it was important to me to have that structure as well. Yeah, I really appreciated um, as a client, like I really appreciated the structure because as you know, I'm also in the coaching world and... Mm -hmm. Um, it actually, it was, it was awesome how it, it helped me to kind of step back and reevaluate how, how I coach and, and what I offer, but you oh, know, awesome. wanting to, because I can definitely relate being a, a, a huge feeler, um, wanting to make sure like, gosh, do I have enough like foundational structure in my programs for people? And, yeah. um, so yeah, thank you. That was a really cool aspect of it on top of so many other layers. So. Yeah. And to, um, I think there's another part of your question too, just about, um, wanting to support my own personal growth. Mm, and, yes. um, so I wanted to touch back on that. Yeah, absolutely. It was, uh, for me, because I had that lack of structure, mm. um, I, I felt that inconsistency and, and I could, I could see, and I could tell where, um, where I was missing the mark or where I wasn't achieving as much as I could be achieving because I didn't have the focus. And so it was definitely some, um, a combination. Um, and the other piece of that was that I wanted that structure for myself mm, because, because yeah. I'm, I do really well with structure when I have it, um, yeah. creating my own structure is can sometimes be a problem for me hmm. so um so having those tools really helped me to build and create my own structure to help make me more successful that's awesome and yeah. i imagine as you continue to work with more and more people and you're continuing to kind of hold that mirror up and empower them 
to create the best structure for themselves, it probably keeps you in check with your own structure, you know, every day. So, it does. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and top of the reminder um, of that, it's, it's so great to, to have that reinforcement because I see it time and time again is that when people are struggling, it's because they haven't set things up mm-hmm. into some sort of a structure yeah. um, because there's this illusion that, that structure equals um, like being chained up, right? Right, like, right. Like I don't have like, the I don't want freedom that. <laughs> that I want. Yeah. When really, when we when we can instill the discipline that structure requires, on the other side of that discipline and that structure is the freedom that we're really looking for. Mm-hmm. So part of it is having the trust in believing that, that okay, if I put in this due diligence, if I put in the discipline to, to stay consistent and, and to create this framework for myself, then on the other side of that, I'm, I'm going to be happy or healthier or you know whatever the case may be right and it doesn't have to be so black and white you know like so that um just because you might start embracing more structure or one might start embracing more structure doesn't mean they they can't be spontaneous once in a while or invite exactly but they probably will just feel more permission or um ease in in that spontaneity so absolutely And, and you can actually you know one of the great things is that you can you can structure in fun. It's not that yeah. you just structure in, okay, from this to this, I'm doing this work and that work and that work. You can structure in those big blocks of time for play. Right. And and I yeah. encourage it because, yeah, I mean, that's totally. what life is about I at the end of the day. It. Yeah, I love that. Um, so because we're talking so much about structure, what can you give an example, Nathan, on on like a, a piece of your day? Like what, what sure. structure have you now put in place that really supports you? Okay, so I'll give you two structures. Okay. Um, one is is an exercise I do with clients, uh, which I've done with you, mm-hmm. um, and and it's just putting things in your phone as an alarm to come up. You know, mm-hmm. we walk around with these phones all day long. Often they're just one big distraction tool, um, yeah. as most people know. Uh, but we can use the phone as something that's going to be beneficial to our growth. And so one thing I do is I have certain words that I like to embody each day, and I put those into my phone as an alarm. And when it goes off, it's like, okay, let me take a moment. Let me get present to this word or these words. And let me figure out, okay, well, how am I going to show up in that way today? Mm. So you mentioned passion, presence, and purpose at the beginning. Those are actually three of my words. And I'm actually shifting my words, um, not not super frequently, but fairly frequently, Mm -hmm. because I like to experience a broad range. Mm -hmm. Um, But those have been three really key words for me um, that are always in the background. It's so important for me to be present with people, to be on purpose in what I'm doing um, and, and how I'm living my life. Um, and then passionate, and a yeah. lot of that really comes from Tony Robbins, and you know, oh, he's like, "Live Tony your life Robbins. with passion." Yeah. You know, he's, good. That was great um, impression. <laughs> yeah, so so that's a big thing for me, and really yeah. wanting to um, remember to to stay out there because I haven't always been like that. You know, I've I've had times in my life when I've been more subdued and very like level, mm. um, and didn't experience a broad range. Mm-hmm. So uh, so those words are, have been important to me, and so that's one thing I do is, is I put those words in my phone, and it's just a daily reminder. It says, "Oh yeah, like this is why I'm." Here. This is like what I'm how I want to show up right. today. Yeah. And because too often we just let ourselves go with the flow of the day and, and we're not living with a level of intentionality that we mm-hmm. could be. Mm-hmm. We're just experiencing um, kind of the same old, same old. Mm-hmm. And a great example of this is um, one of my mentors is Dr. Johnny Epstein, and he created a, a healing work called Network Care, which is phenomenal. And I went to one of his programs. It's a week-long program. It's called Ultimatum. And you get to experience a week of his work, which is amazing. 
and one of you, you fill out a questionnaire before you go to the seminar. And um, one of the questions on the on the on the form is how many emotions do you experience in a normal week? And oh, that's such a great question. It is. It's such a deep, rich yeah. question because yeah. you start thinking about it, and then you're like. Okay, well, because I was happy and I was excited over here, and and maybe I was disappointed by this thing over here, and and you start to go through, and you realize that you've experienced maybe four or five different emotions. Yeah, and there's a huge range. Right. I mean, there's so a, many more. Yeah, yeah, there's there's the common emotions, of course, but there's there's so many refinements and and differences in in those other levels. There's so much subtlety in that range. And so by the end of the the seminar, you've experienced so many different things and you start to look at, okay, well now there's, this is the the range of emotions I want to be experiencing, you know, because that's life. That's totally Emotions are life. Right. And like all over the spectrum and just such richness and depth. Yeah. Yeah. So that's cool. So that's one thing I wanted to share. Um, Another That tool, by the way, just to interrupt for a second, was one of my favorite things you um, inspired me to do and I still do it. So so awesome. so effective and it helps to kind of bring me back and ground me back to, as you said, like intentionality and mindfulness and being really present in my experience and not going through the motions or, yeah, so yeah, very awesome. cool. And one thing as I think you experienced, I think I definitely experienced, um, is with the alarm, make sure that it's turned uh, off. Even when <laughs> even your phone airplane is in, mode yep, doesn't, yeah. when your phone's in silent, it's still going to go off. So make sure that you're yeah. not in a bad spot for that to happen yeah. or you turn it off. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and the other the other structure I wanted to share with you um, is really about okay, looking at your week ahead of time, and then using your calendar appropriately to set up what I call block times. Mm-hmm. And these are uh, times that are completely dedicated, one hundred percent, to whatever that thing is that you said you wanted to focus on. Because we all know the experience of being on our computer doing our work, and either we have notifications coming left and right from our cell phone or from our computer. If you're mm-hmm. any Mac users out there, yep. all that stuff is tied together. It's like right. you can't get away from it. Constantly so popping up, yeah, they are. So it's remembering to like turn off those notifications. And block time is really about having that 50 minutes, and that's the, the a great amount of time is 50 minutes. After that, your brain needs a break. It mm-hmm. needs to take a rest. Mm-hmm. Um, but 50 minutes of just absolute dedication to whatever it is that you said you wanted to work on, because. I would ask most people, when's the last time you actually did that? Mm. Like you had a pure 50 minutes, no interruptions whatsoever. Um, there's so many studies that show how much you know, interruptions affect our productivity yeah. and our efficiency in, in a huge way, more than people realize. Right. So that's another structure that I use is setting up those block times in my calendar to make sure that I'm staying focused on what's the most important thing for me to get done. Mm. Um, because that's another thing is so many people focus on uh, other people's priorities maybe yeah. or they're focusing on the right. wrong priorities. They're doing something and an email comes through and then they feel like they have to respond or someone's calling and they, right. And so mm-hmm. what would you say to that? Like if you're focusing, Nathan, on a project, something that you, doesn't, doesn't involve anyone else, it's just something you are working on. And mm-hmm. let's say your phone rings or, um, or you get an email that you've been waiting for, but what do you do with that? That's a great question. I would say, one, the phone doesn't ring because it's not turned on. (laughs) Yep, I was waiting for that answer. (laughs) And two, um, my email isn't up in my browser. Okay. Yeah, so it's... Because that's the other thing. Um, You know, I I have a, a client who who struggles with this and it's it's the the browser um, just so many tabs open, like Mm. seven, eight plus tabs open at one time. Because there's so much going on in the world. There's so many interesting things. Mm -hmm. And I'm not gonna say that I don't, you know, I'm not I'm not a hundred percent like 
great at this because mm. I'm human and yeah. and I get distracted too. Yeah. So it's it's about being able to to really curb those distractions as much as possible. Yeah. But what happens is you have all these tabs open because there's so much interesting things going on. Right. Whether it's the news or the latest gadgets or, you know, or trying to even grow in your business. There's lots mm-hmm. of tools out there for how you can grow in your business. And we spend time chasing all those things down and trying to learn all we can. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the big things these days is everyone's giving everything away for free just to kind of get your attention. Yeah. And so it's easy to start consuming all this free stuff before you know it, your day is over, you haven't actually gotten anything done. Right, right. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's really just about, it's not about not growing and not looking for those tools or those resources, but it's about setting your time up appropriately. Yeah. So getting control of your day again and making sure, okay, I'm going to create a block time for that. Yeah. I'm going to create a time that says, this is for my personal growth, my business growth, whatever it is. Um, and I'm going to explore these tools or those tools. And but give yourself the block of time for it so you don't waste an entire day and also get distracted from your biggest priorities. Yeah. And I would say, I mean, that when I when I worked with you, that was kind of eye-opening for me, Nathan, to realize. Um, and I, I like to believe that I'm I'm pretty grounded in certain, you know, daily rituals and things that center myself and help me get clear about my day and, and my intentions and goals and projects I'm working on. But I didn't realize how much is kind of that... Um, between being reactive versus proactive um, mm-hmm. and how I found myself like, oh, wow, I'm really in reactionary mode. Like when I'm, when I did have my email browser up the whole time and right. like, oh, that email, okay, let me get, let me just get back to them and then I'll get back to this project. And I just felt like, you know, I was like, wow, I'm, I am kind of all over the place and my brain can't stay focused on this project no. if I'm constantly feeling this urgency. And I think that that's part of um, our culture that's been a little tricky with you know, technology and mm-hmm, everyone with their smartphones and, you know, this um, getting a text and feeling like you need to respond right away or right, um, a call or an email or, you know, all that kind of stuff. And But I loved being able to really step back and say, wait, wait a second, like I don't need to be, I'm not vic- to say victim to this sounds really dramatic. So not victim <laughs> to it, but but the reactionary mode, like getting, as you would say, back in control and kind of in the driver's seat of it and feeling more empowered and saying, okay. Right. And it's also sending that message to clients or whomever, friends or family that um, there's, you know, you, you are honoring your own structure and time and Absolutely. everything's valuable. And, th- and that hits on a really great point, um, which is a great thing that I love about this combination of high performance work and yoga. Because, mm. uh, you know, I love yoga too. And it's what that's really about, like what that's a result of, I feel like when you allow yourself to sort of fall into those traps or to fall into, okay, well, you know, I have to respond to this right away when, when really you don't, like false emergencies, right? right we right. call them. So part of what's great about this work is that it really brings you back to your true self, to who you are. Because when you feel confident in who you are and how you want to show up in the world, mm. those things sort of just fall away. That's true. Because you know what's important and mm-hmm. you know what's meaningful and, and you don't let yourself fall into those traps of of the drama. Right. That, oh my God, this person is going to be so upset I didn't like text them right back. And part of it is also setting up your life in a certain way where you let people know, hey, you know, I'm someone who's living on purpose. Uh, I'm living intentionally. Like These are the things that are important to me. And so if I don't get back to you right away, like I apologize. You, you, know, you can be kind about it, of yeah. course. Like I apologize. Um, but it's just because I'm really focused on these other things that are meaningful for me. So um, I'll definitely get back to you. Just I'm sorry if it's not right away. Right, and right. There's ways it to set your life you're up. You're not important. It just means that you're right valuing your exactly. Projects, right. And and that's I think why people get upset is because people feel 
uh, a lack of that own sense of intentionality mm. for for their day and, and mm-hmm. how maybe they've set set their day up mm-hmm. and so when they bump up against it sometimes it doesn't feel good because yeah. you're like oh like you just sort of feel that self-reflection and you're like well why aren't i doing more of that right right um so yeah so most of the time like don miguel ruiz right don't take anything personally because mm-hmm. it's right? not usually about i know you. i'm wearing that right now on my hands the oh, four agreements are. yeah my oh, mom gave me awesome. this bracelet so for any of you not sure what we're talking about, The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz, but it's be impeccable with your word. Don't take anything personally, which is what we're talking about. Don't make any assumptions and always do your best. So anyway, yes, I love that. Yeah, that's awesome. Very cool. Awesome. So you mentioned a little bit ago, Nathan, mm-hmm. um, that you didn't always live with necessarily this much intentionality and purpose and passion. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to learn more about what it was like as a biochemist. And I, I read a little bit. So okay. you shared with me a recent press release, um, which was beautifully written about y- what you're doing and, and how you got to high performance coaching. And you mentioned in there that your life, well, you found yourself as a biochemist in the pharmaceutical company. Um, I think you said it was like slowly killing your soul or something yeah. like very intense. So yeah. I'd love for you to expand on that and sure. learn a little bit more about what brought you through that journey? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, in order to get there, we'll have to back up even a little yeah. bit further. Okay. Um, I think a lot of people have these sort of defining moments in their life, um, which very often comes from trauma. Um, not always, but very often. Mm-hmm. And for me, that moment when I was 16 years old, I had a twin brother, and he was a passenger in a car. And they were like after he was in... Um, summer school because he wasn't doing so well in school. So he was in summer school. I think it was actually the last day of summer school. And they were, his friend was driving him back to his friend's house and they were speeding, you know, 16 years old. That's what kids do. Mm -hmm. And they were speeding and they hit head on an oncoming car and in the other lane. And uh, the driver unfortunately was killed right away. My brother, um, he, he was being airlifted to the hospital, um, but he didn't make it. Mm. Um, and which, wow, Nathan, I'm sorry. Yeah, thank you. It's extremely hard. Mm. Um, and and for me, two really important things happened. Is the first one is that really gives you a sense of like, oh my God, life is so short. Like we we don't have a lot of time here, and you you never know mm. when your time is up. Mm-hmm. So that a sense of urgency. Um, but the other thing, unfortunately, that happened for me is I was the the stoic man, mm-hmm. right? Trying to be that rock for people. But really, that just meant shutting out the emotions mm-hmm. and almost kind of living life normally, if, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. No, probably trying to survive. Yeah. yeah, just trying to get through and sort of make sense of it, but, but you don't really know how. And so you just kind of continue. Yeah. And But what happened is it really took a lot of that emotion out of me because when you try and limit one emotion you limit yeah the other side of the emotions right, too right so i ended up just very kind of flat i mean not to say that i was this somber miserable person um you know i, I still i still had fun and, and all that stuff and yeah. lived my life but yeah but there was just when I, when we talk about passion there was there was that passion almost sucked out yeah um and right. it was just sort of going through the motions and so after high school, I graduated and just went into manual work. I didn't, uh, you know, come from a big family, very humble beginnings, not a lot of money. Um, my dad's amazing, just raising five kids. And then actually more than that, after he, he remarried. You're one of five? I didn't even, uh, you were. Okay. One of five. And then my dad remarried when I was 
thir- no, he remarried when I was 15, but um, his girlfriend at the time, who he married, moved in when I was 13. Okay. And she had four girls. Oh my gosh. So wow, amazing. It was like a true kind of Brady bunch. Yeah. Um, so just so many interesting dynamics um, going on there. Yeah. Uh, but especially with the tragedy, and because sometimes that brings out the worst in people and, mm-hmm. and things happen. So, yeah. so I, after I graduated, I, um, I just did manual work, manual labor. I didn't have the money for college and didn't really have a sense of direction where I wanted to go. Yeah. And finally, I, I did go back to school and I was like, okay, well, I've, I've always loved science. Mm-hmm. And so I went back into the field of science and got my degree in, in biochemistry and, uh, and then worked for a local company, um, Alonzo. Most people, a lot of people know mm-hmm. it from around this area. And, uh, and I really love the people, such amazing people that work there. Uh, and I just made great friends there. And But the work itself was was not really up my alley. And it, was, it was all those things, what we call like the comfortable life, right? We, we get into, we're making a decent paycheck. You have your 401k and you have your vacation time and mm-hmm. maybe you get your bonuses. And, and you know, life was, was pretty good. Um, but it was still just kind of coasting. There wasn't, it was missing a, a, a vibrancy. It was missing, yeah. missing a, a passion. Mm. And, and so I was just doing this for a while because again, I love the people I worked with. So it wasn't, that wasn't a horrible experience, but just realizing that my life was going by and I wasn't making a difference because mm. even though I was maybe lost after my brother passed away, there's always this feeling of, okay, well, I'm meant to do something bigger in this world. Mm-hmm. Like I'm meant for more. So and there was a subtle stirring in you that yeah, you so knew. The feeling. Yeah. So yeah, it comes back right, to that right. feeling. It's like, I don't know what it is, but I know that mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be doing more than what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when we look at the pharmaceutical industry and, and you know, people have different opinions on that and, and, and whatnot. But what we were doing there, we were making drugs that were for cancer um, survival and we were trying it was like a last ditch effort to help people survive yeah and even though that's um, amazing that if people can can take those drugs and they can survive that's amazing mm-hmm. but for me personally I wanted to help people thrive yeah. not survive like I, I want people to live again vibrantly passionately really excited yeah. lives um, and I love that I love that distinction yeah and that comes from me again feeling the other the opposite of that feeling how I withdrawn myself in, mm. in many ways and and wasn't living in that way. Yeah. And so uh, so eventually I started practicing yoga. Um, and this was sort of dramatic cliche. I had had a big breakup. Heart was broken. Oh my God, I gotta <laughs> I have to figure out what I'm gonna do with myself. And uh, I had always wanted to to try yoga. Mm. My my best friend growing up, his parents were were yogis and I spent a lot of time over his house um, and just around them and I absorbed a lot of stuff. That's great. I know I was going to ask you this whole part. So this is great. This is just naturally flowing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I was like, okay, I want to try. And actually, as it happens, um, my friend's dad, I, I saw him at some point around there. I used to house sit for them. And, uh, and he gave me a book, Autobiography of a Yogi by Paramahansa Yogananda. Oh, yes. So if you don't know that book, it's an amazing book. That's a book. great one. Yeah. And so I started reading that at the same time I'm doing this search for a yoga studio. And um, and I find a yoga studio. It's Ashtanga Yoga. And first class, I go to it and I'm just 
that's it. I'm sold. I'm like, yeah. I, I love this. That's great. Yeah, it, it accompanied the physical aspect, the really finding mental clarity, mental stillness, mm-hmm. um, as well as the spiritual aspect, which is something I deeply felt was missing. Mm. So I was just, I was sold. And from that point on, I was actually, I think two weeks after my first yoga class, I went to a weekend workshop. Um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, with Bhavani. If anyone knows Bhavani Maki, I think her last name is, um, she's out of Hawaii. And she's intense. She did a lot of a lot of hip opening stuff. And for me, I got really tight hips. And yeah. That was yeah. It was intense. Like hours long of yoga. And my first time, I'm shaking all crazy. This is only two weeks after you'd begun your journey. Two with weeks. It. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I jumped right in. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so, great. Do you feel like in that workshop, Nathan? I'm like picturing and feeling like the cracking open of so much for you, not only physically, but do you feel like it helped to really help you tap into perhaps a lot of the grief and the stuff you'd been shutting out um, from losing your brother and then I think start to reawaken the vibrancy? With yeah, you? I would say it was a start of the journey. Yeah. Um, I, I think there was so much tension in my body mm. that it was a lot of it was just physical at first yeah because i had to my body had to adapt to i mean i was always very athletic um in school and doing sports and and even uh, after high school just just you know constantly moving playing frisbee and doing mm-hmm. like those sorts of things yeah so it's always very athletic but a lot of times it's it's those things that kind of bind us up right exactly and and trauma too especially yeah. a big one that people don't always recognize is that trauma that we experience we hold that in our body in a very specific way yeah um, and different for everyone yeah but um and so all that tightness had to start to open up and mm-hmm. so it, it was very physical at first mm-hmm. and then the more the body started to open then other things started to open up mm-hmm. and not too long well say a couple years after i started yoga uh is when I started that healing work I mentioned earlier, the network care. And and that actually really, really helped to open uh, up a lot of emotional stuff mm. and create a lot of connection to to stuff with my brother um, and my mom as well. My mom had passed away. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Because wow. she had lung cancer. I was 24 when she um, passed after like a three-year battle mm. with cancer. And so, you know, it's all these things get locked up in the body. Yeah. And um and so all that stuff had to come out. Mm. And it was it was like just ready to come out. Yeah. And so yeah, I've so I've been on an opening journey for for a long time now. Yeah. So. How amazing. Thank you for sharing all that. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. Where would you say in your discovery through that journey that you've where did you find that you were holding a lot of the trauma physically? Hmm. You know, that's a really interesting question because when I think about it, I mean, a lot definitely in, in like my gut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, I think the, the gut is sort of the seat of the emotions. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so there was a lot in there. But again, it's interesting how the body reacts to certain things. Like I was at a, a healing seminar, a different healing seminar, and I was lying on the table and I know the your listeners don't really have a context for what this work is, so I'll keep it kind of um, vague. But uh, so this this healing work basically works with the nervous system um, to help cue your brain to help unwind tension in your body. Uh, and I'm lying down on the table, and the the doctor had already done a couple things um, to to help, I guess, prepare me, if you will. Mm-hmm. And then he just made the lightest contact on my calf, like barely felt it. And all of a sudden, it triggered this release of 
crazy emotion, like pure rage. Mm, uh, wow. You know, I was yeah. I was in a big room and I was screaming. Wow. From the amount of rage and then that turned into sadness, mm. um, you know, not too long after. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's like, wow, like, like that's the power of emotion. And I think that was probably a really pivotal moment for me in terms of truly understanding and just how much passion we all have, how much emotion we all really have inside yeah. that our our identity, we let hold us back. Yeah. And and so a lot of the work really, either whether it's with yoga, with high performance coaching, it does go after your identity because so many of us, and I learned this at, um, a lot of this with Tony Robbins, I've done a lot of his work too, uh, you know, we we're raised with the values that our parents have mm -hmm. that they gave us from their parents mm -hmm. and so on and so on. Yeah. And we don't a lot of us don't take the time to actually question, well, why do I believe this? And then do I still believe this? Yeah, right. And so we just kind of go through our day and, and thinking that we're the ones in charge and like we've decided who we are. When really it's just a carryover from what we've learned. Mm -hmm. And so taking the time to hit that reset button and really be like, okay, like I'm an adult now. I get to decide. Yeah. You know, what what do I believe? What is really important to me? And you get to do that that sacred inquiry mm -hmm. to to figure out how you want to show up now. Um because nothing the brain and It's okay to let that evolve and to step back and reevaluate just exactly. because you might choose. Yeah. That's yeah. great. And the brain yeah. is so plastic, right? And being able to change and shift that I think we all owe it to ourselves to to take that on and to do it and just be like, okay, like let me just assess this and, yeah. and what has to happen for me to to be able to live into these values and to live into these beliefs uh, in a way that's in integrity or, or in alignment. Yeah. So. Wow, Nathan. It's remarkable to listen to more of your story, which I didn't know a lot about. Um, and, you know, to just, I guess, witness and feel your vulnerability, which is so much strength mm -hmm. um, and, and makes even, I mean, I feel like just having had the opportunity to get to know you, to me, it makes so much sense why you do the work you do, but mm, even yeah. more so now, there's just so much more clarity around your journey and what led you. And, um, you know, there's no question your heart and your passion and your ability to really listen to people and yet like nudge so beautifully <laughs> out of the comfort zone of people. So anyway, yeah. I'm just rambling on that. But well, um, yeah, I really appreciate your sharing all that. Did you find as you were allowing yourself to kind of wake up again. And I don't mean wake up, but um, I'm, I'm picturing that that example that you just shared about you on the table and um, and that enormous rage that you suddenly just like felt so wildly within you and mm -hmm. kind of that as a, a shifting point for you to start again, um, connecting with those emotions that you kind of blocked out and didn't feel. Um, so as you're shifting into this new journey or new path um, and waking up more, did you feel the support of your family? Did you, did you find yourself sharing it with them? Did you feel comfortable? I know that I imagine each one of you had your own experience with their, you know, with grief and going mm -hmm. through trauma. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, I, I didn't share a ton with my family. Um, me and my family all get along very well. Um, but I, you know, I've, I haven't always been the best at reaching out and, and keeping in close contact and like visiting weekly or, or all those things. Um, and so I entirely blame, blame myself for that. Uh, I think part of that is still part of my response mm. um, of, I don't know if it's the confrontation or I don't know if it's um, the emotions. I have spoken at various times with my family members, kind of one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. 
and uh and like especially with my dad i actually i was i was seeing a shaman at one point and that was one of the the exercises that came up is to okay go go to, you know talk to your dad have a conversation what was his experience like mm. um because in life we so often get caught up in just ourselves right right, right. And it's, yeah okay it's all about me and, and poor me and the easiest way to get out of feeling sort of the the why me or or out of that victim mode is to put your focus on other people. How can you help yeah, other people? Right. And so it was really, a, it was a great conversation to sit down with him and and just connect with his experience through that. And and what is it like to have to to tell your kids that mm. that their brother passed away and, yeah. and all that stuff? So it was really a sweet connection. Um, what and, a beautiful moment, I imagine, for both of you. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's something I still strive to do. Is is to, oh, it's always in my radar to okay, uh, make better connection with my family. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I'm going to go over there right after this too because I'm from this area. So oh wow, go see my dad right after. But oh, that's um, perfect. Good. But yeah, so it, but it was definitely a, a point to to realize that it is important to make those connections and it can still be hard. Right. It can still be difficult to go there. Yeah, exactly. So it's always a journey. Yeah. That's yeah. Very true. Yeah. Wow. Thank you, Nathan. So to keep going on your journey and Mm -hmm. then you're suddenly not suddenly, but you're that biochemist. um, What, what was the turning point for you to finally make that leap into Okay, I recognize I I want to be doing more. You you've said a couple times, and um, mm-hmm. and I've heard you share this even before today that so much of of your mission in life is to help others, um, mm-hmm. and to empower them to live a life um, that they're yeah. truly excited about and passionate about. So, what made you? What helped you make that leap? Uh, I, I got to be honest. It was um, an incredibly powerful woman is what it was. Um, at the time I was, I was dating, uh, this woman who actually is a doctor of the care that I'm talking about network care. And she's just a powerhouse. And she, when you have someone in your corner who is supporting you, mm. um, so strongly, yeah. um, that makes all the difference. Um, whether that's, uh, you know, a spouse, a lover, or just friends. Yeah. Um, I think we all need that support of people around us that are encouraging us. And, and that's what too few of us have. Um, yeah. Because a lot of times what happens is we start to make some personal growth and then our friends are like, oh, hey, wait, like, like what are you doing? Mm. It's kind of like, where are you going? Right. Um, stay here with us. Stay here with us. Uh, and that's just because that's challenging their beliefs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, uh, so it's so important for all of us to have a supportive group of, of people around us that are going to say, yeah, like, go for it. You can mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. You, you can achieve your dreams. You can, you can get that done. Uh, and it's having that support. It's having the belief of those around, around you. And for me, having the support of, um, of her belief in me to, to go out there and do it. Yeah. Um, it was really huge, huge for me. That's awesome. I think that's so true. You know, that, um, I'd like to believe that I see, maybe it's just my community, more and more people really surrounding themselves with people who lift them up and, and are encouraging them to really live in their authenticity. Mm -hmm. And, um, but it's, I think it's so true to, it's just human of us to kind of hold on to past friendships or to what is because we feel like we need to just stay there. And 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 you seek that out too, I would say, right. You seek out people who are more positive and in in that frame of mind correct yeah yeah I and definitely, so, so you're going to see that more. yeah that's yeah. true it's very true yeah, yeah so but i can relate or, or see the fear that comes up for people yeah and yeah and just so that we we attract that which we put out yeah right? that's true so. yeah yeah so 
What do you do, Nathan, for yourself? So you're you're now this high performance coach. You um, you hold space for so many people, um, not only as a high performance coach, but also as a yoga teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, you're like instilling all this. So just for you listeners, one of my favorite things, Nathan, about your classes, um, I love that you almost always, not always, but most often we'll begin the class by asking a question mm-hmm. and then weaving that wisdom in throughout the rest of the class. Um, and it's beautiful. I mean, it makes so much sense with what you do, but it just keeps this general, not only um, thought intention, but also like where, where do you experience that in your body? So this, we've been talking a lot about mind body connection. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love that about, about your classes, Thank you. but you do, you know, you do this so well. Um, encouraging others, uh, lifting them up. This is part of what you envisioned for yourself and now you're doing it. What do you do for yourself? Let's say you're having um, a hard day or a challenge. What are some of your own rituals and and perhaps these are some that you encourage others to do too? Yeah, that's a great question. For me, um, one thing that is absolutely essential is getting out into nature. Mm -hmm. Uh, If anytime I'm feeling frustrated, and, and, I, and I'll be honest, I don't actually get that frustrated that often because um, I, I have a great uh, team around me. I have my own high-performance coach who I talk to regularly, um, and I, I have a great group of people around me um, mm. that really helps me stay positive. So, so I, don't incur, um, I don't run into that situation a lot, um, just being honest, but um, when I do, nature is essential. So just getting out, whether it's exercise like a run or a hike, or maybe it's just sitting by the ocean. Mm. Yeah. Because there's nothing like really being in in nature to get you present again. Yeah. And when we get pre- back to the present moment, some a lot of those fears and those negativities just kind of go away. Mm. Because very often it's worry about the future or we're upset about the past, and we're just rerunning those stories in our head over and over again. Right. And it's creating this negative feeling. And so getting out in the ocean is a favorite one of mine um, or, or stargazing is another one. Oh my gosh. Um, I love that. You just look up at how vast this universe is. It's yeah. like, how, how can you be worried about your problems in a moment like that? Right. Uh, I just did that last night. I came on Monday nights right now. I'm teaching a yoga by donation class with a friend of mine at the ocean. And, um, and I came home last night and, and just looked up and noticed the sky. The stars were brilliant. But I love I love that feeling. It just brings me back to being a little girl too. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, a good... it's it's so wonderful, um, especially in August yes. around here. But um, so another thing I do is meditation mm-hmm. is great uh, as well. I, I do something called SRI, which is uh, somato respiratory integration. You've had yes. a little experience a little with bit. this, yeah. Um, so that's some of the healing work that I, I facilitate uh, and I teach people. So. So those are really wonderful tools for getting back in the body again, getting reconnected to this moment and, and to what rhythm you're feeling, like what's really going on. Mm. Uh, and it's about giving yourself the grace of space yeah. to take yourself out of the moment of, of whatever that maybe the anger is or the disappointment or whatever that feeling is and step out for a moment and then step back in when you're feeling more present and, and get connected to your body. Yeah. Um, one thing I also do is chanting. Chanting is wonderful. Oh, that's um, awesome. I love chanting. But all of these things are just ways that really get you in back into the now. Yeah. Um, and that's, I guess, as simple as I could put it. So whatever exercises for people, like if you're not a meditator, if you're like chanting is too woo-woo or, you know, whatever, um, 
it's just whatever thing that you can do that's going to get you back into the present moment mm-hmm. and and focused. Mm-hmm. So as you know, that's why yoga is so wonderful. Yeah. Because the whole practice is about developing this single pointed focus throughout mm-hmm. the practice yeah. and keeping you in your body, increasing your body awareness, knowing, okay, like what's going on? What am I feeling? Where am I feeling it? Because again, we experience these different emotions as they can be experienced as trauma in the body, like where we feel it, where do we hold on to those things? Right. And so yoga is a great way to help people open that stuff up. And to access those those yeah. places in their bodies. Because yeah. once we, the thing is people are so afraid of feeling something yeah, that, and, and they'll just like stuff it down. Trust me, I know. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but when we just let ourselves feel it, it'll pass. It'll mm-hmm. immediately turn into something else once mm-hmm. we just let it in. Uh, and that's mm-hmm. so it's about being able to accept, so you know, move through the fear yeah. of whatever of whatever you think is going to happen if you let yourself experience that anger, experience that that pain or whatever it is. But once you do, you realize, oh, OK, like it just passes. Yeah. It turns into something else. I know it's amazing um, thinking about just how how scared we can be to feel emotions um, mm. and, you know, in general, um, and I, I think you've actually witnessed me <laughs> with this <laughs> process, but you know, it's like, we so want to stay in the, if you're looking at the kind of a spectrum, like the joy, the happiness, mm-hmm. the, the playfulness, all the like lightness. Um, and there's a, um, understandable fear of anger, rage, sadness, darkness, like, mm-hmm. you know, um, there's so many layers there, but, um, and so just that allowance of letting yourself, as you said, just be in whatever the feelings are, no judgment. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I can find that, you know, I can help encourage other people with that a lot. Um, but I continue to come back to myself and have to remind myself, like, this is okay. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, and it, just to, it's easier said than done. <laughs> but it, yeah. it is, absolutely. And uh, a lot of it comes down to also, in, I think I've talked about this in yoga. Well, I know I've talked about it in yoga classes. I don't know if you've been there. But um, when we talk about this uh, idea that words create worlds mm. and, and the language that we use is so important. And, yeah. and you start to focus on the words that people use and a lot of times we don't realize we're doing it but we use language where we're giving our power away like you know like oh time got away from me oh, yeah. like, well, what does that mean right right it's like no you didn't manage your time well <laughs> yeah so and this shows up in especially with emotions like people say like they think negative emotions like the other end of the spectrum you were talking about right. so the anger the fear or shame or what have you and and because we say negative emotions, we're like, oh, I don't want to feel those. They're negative. Right. Where there isn't really... Labeling them. There yeah. isn't positive or negative. It's just energy. It's just all emotions are just emotions. Yeah. And so, and they should all be felt mm-hmm. um, as much as they need to be felt. Yeah. And then, as I said, it'll turn into something else because emotions don't last that long. Right. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. I know it's amazing. I, I love talking about this stuff. Um. Yeah. So that would be one, uh, just another tip I would give the listeners is really pay attention. Start to pay attention, like at another level. What, what's the language that I'm using yeah. when, when I talk about various things? Especially if you're feeling like, oh, well, I should, like, there's something you should have done or you were responsible for. How do you talk about it? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when you talk with other people, what do you say? And are you taking ownership for your life or are you sort of giving that power away to other people or other things or other events right. and what have you? And, and start to use more I language. Yes. Um, the biggest thing I notice in coaching is um, all of our uh, ability and I guess default to to use the word you uh, as a I'm going to try and say this word colloquialism. That was great. Good job, Nathan. I don't know if I can, yeah. All right. Um, and so we'll be talking about an experience and we'll be like, oh, well, you know how you do this and you know how you do that. 
And it's something that we just have learned how to do, but it's so different when you say, well, I this or I that. And I know this is stuff that you and I have worked with a bit too. Yeah, Um, because it can can bring up discomfort for people. Like, well, mm -hmm. to, to hold, I guess, so much of that attention or power almost feel like is this this ego if I'm using the word I, but it's, it's mm-hmm. not, it's, and then it's that language too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, shifting so, the perspective on it. So starting to take more, more ownership of your life and, and where you actually have the power because yeah. um, most of us listening are probably adults um, and we're the only ones. We're the only ones who have the power. It's, it's up to us to create the life we want for ourselves. Right. Yeah. And I think it's interesting too, to notice is your language is, is my language. Right. (laughs) It's my language is different with, with other people versus with myself. And then why is that? And then shifting it. Cause I, I noticed that in working with clients, um, and my own experience and witnessing friends Mm -hmm. that that can be a big thing too. Like why, why are you, um, like so much harder on yourself versus, you know, um, all the other people around you. So yeah, yeah, that's interesting. That's cool. Yeah. So I want to know, you You said we kind of back up to yoga. Mm-hmm. You found yoga. It was a huge just healing experience for you. Um, and mm-hmm. you were hooked right away. And you were feeling a lot of shifting within yourself as well as combined with the network healing, which is just sounds incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, at what point did you decide, I want to teach yoga. I want to become a teacher and start kind of diving into that role with it. Yeah. Another great question. Um, I would say one of the more powerful moments uh, for that was I was at a weekend workshop, yoga workshop, uh, with Nikki Doan and Eddie Mordestini, uh, two amazing, amazing souls, people, just beautiful people. And I was, uh, so my hamstrings are really tight. Mm-hmm. I have like the tightest hamstrings in the world. Um, that's me. <laughs> Even using, now. That's me using bad language there um, <laughs> and giving you an example. So uh, but I have really tight hamstrings, and and even now, um, to some extent, like I would think they would be more um, open or lengthened by now, but mm-hmm. um, still some work to do, for sure. So I was lying down on the ground with my legs up the wall, and doing some exercise with a strap that was just torturing my hamstrings. Oh gosh! <laughs> and but you know, I'm a good yogi. I'm doing the work, and um, I'm trying not to back down. And uh, Eddie Modestini comes over and he stands over me. He's looking down at me, and he's like you're going to be a yoga teacher. And it was, wow. it was, uh, and at the time I was actually laying next to, um, my yoga teacher, my, my primary yoga teacher. Oh, that's um, great. So it was sort of this combination. Uh, and you know, the idea had already been in my mind it had mm-hmm. been ruminating and, and that was a big moment that really sort of solidified and, and it was just a special moment. When he said that, did yeah. you like feel a burst of like a reaction? Oh, absolutely. You were like, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And of course, I lean even harder into the posture. Yeah. You're like, yes, okay, I'm going to do this. Get to open these legs up. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so that was probably a really big moment. And, and then part of it was uh, just came down to the more I practiced and the more connected I got to myself, it just things start to feel right. Mm-hmm. And for me, mm-hmm. it's I could just feel that. I didn't know how I was going to get there, um, but I knew that that was part of the journey. Um, I think it's Les Brown who says, you know, you can come up with a why, but the how is none of your business. Right. Yeah. Right? You yeah. Just, it, the how will happen. Yeah. But when, you're, that. when you're connected to the why. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's awesome. And did you, so you were, were you still practicing primarily Ashanga at that time? And did you become certified 
what led you, um, where, yeah, where did you do your training? Um, so I actually trained with Jonas Seb. Oh, you from did. Seb okay. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't sure whether you'd done it there. Yeah, it was, okay. it was interesting. I had actually, um, the first time he had, he had asked, uh, I said no, um, cause I was potentially going to do another, uh, training somewhere else. And, and such a graceful man. Uh, I didn't end up doing the other training and mm-hmm. he came back and he's like, I'm, I'm doing this again. He's like, do you want to? Do you want to partake? And uh, I was that's like, awesome. yep, sign me up. So That's great. He's wonderful. That's yeah, awesome. Is. Cool. So that, that's kind of how that journey happened. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's great, Nathan. That's cool. So um, let's say you just have a day off and it might be nature because you've already talked about nature. But mm-hmm. what would you do like if tomorrow you had a day off and nothing blocked? I'm just going to say, or maybe you blocked your day. As, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to come back to your terms <laughs> as a day of play. But what would you choose to do? What would I choose to do? Um, yeah, pro- definitely get out in nature. Yeah. Um, whether it's getting in the water, which is hard to do up here. Um, so lake, getting in the water, but some sort of body of water. Yes. Um, I love to do. Uh, I've recently started swimming a bit more, trying to get better at that. Mm-hmm. Um, and but yeah, I would say or or hiking. Uh, I love getting you know just out into the the woods as well, and just connecting with that powerful earth energy. So that's probably the main thing I would do. Um, you know, as an entrepreneur, you don't always get I know, so uh, as much time thing. Yeah. <laughs> as much time as we would like um, off. But um, and I like to I like to chill out too. You know, there's I got my my dirty pleasures, like my shows that I like to watch and um, <laughs> dirty pleasures. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. If you guys are curious, The Blacklist is one of them. I, mm-hmm. I love the show The Blacklist. Oh, yeah, I've heard good things about that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, so so yeah, I would say you know there's those things, but. Um, it's really just relaxing and enjoying spending time with the people you care about yeah. that I care about. Yeah. I like that you just corrected yourself. Yeah. In my eyes. I have to do it too. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, this is, this is great. We're getting a good feeling of, of your authenticity. <laughs> That's right. Um, do you, so you mentioned that like as an entrepreneur and I know you and I've chatted about this a lot um, on the side of just right now, but to share out loud, like how do you, how you've talked a lot about block time and, mm-hmm. um, but do you have typical, like for you, Nathan, is it important to have like typical weekends and your weekends are off? Or do you find that you're kind of working around the clock and then you clearly just block in these little bits and spurts and hours um, of play? Well, how do you end, end like come nighttime? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm curious to know, like, do you turn off the entrepreneur work mode or do you work late? And maybe it's maybe every day is different, but. Um, just to speak to some of your balance, life balance. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Unless there's something that's um, really going on that has to get done right away. Like if I'm if I'm making a video and I've committed to saying, okay, this is going to be done by this time. Because the big one of the biggest things, you know, my mentor says, if you want to double an entrepreneur's business, the easiest thing to do is to get them to commit to deadlines. Mm. Because it's so easy for yeah. us. If you work for yourself, you're like, okay, yeah. I can do that tomorrow or I right. can do that next week. Right. Um, so it's really about committing to deadlines. So the things that are most important, if there's if there's a deadline there, then I can either work later or get up early to get it done. Uh, but really the, the defining factor is when my lady comes home, it's yeah. okay. Work is done. Yeah. And it's it's time to be present that's present great. with her and um and just have our evening routine. So Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's great. It's important. It's an important thing too when you talk about, you know, work life balance. Yeah. Um, you know, some people 
don't necessarily believe in that term. They think, well, it's all just life. Right. 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 Is there um, really such a thing as balance? And yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah it's so, true. so it's really about just understanding what are my priorities? Mm. Just like with, with anything, whether mm-hmm. it's um, off work time or work times, like what are my priorities in this moment and, and how am I tending to those priorities? Yeah. Or am yeah. I, or am I distracted? Yeah. So you're so it's, it's amazing. Your mindfulness is, is beautiful, Nathan. Um, yeah, do you ever you. get, I don't sense it, but like overwhelmed, but do you ever, I've laughed and talked with some friends about just because I feel like similar to you, like the energy that we, um, want to embody and how we want to live in the now. And, Mm -hmm. um, but there are times where my brain will be so focused on all of that, that I, I am like, I just want to be able to turn it off for a second (laughs) and not like even, so do you ever like feel like kind of, I don't know, I'm curious, like tired by that thought process? I know that's a strange question, but it just came to mind. Um, I don't think so. I mean, there are times uh, when I feel overwhelmed, a lot of times it's around, um, technology uh-huh yeah uh, you know one of the wonderful things about being an entrepreneur is all the different things that you have to learn mm. and there were times when like this actually just happened uh yesterday i was uploading this video and i wanted it to uh, use it in this other program and turns out and i spent hours waiting mm. for this thing to upload mm. and then to dropbox so it uploads to dropbox and then after the fact this is part of my own lack of preparation uh, or due diligence after that i'm like well why isn't it recognizing it why can't it find it and then it turns out that the file was too large oh, so no. it has to be a certain size or less and i'm like oh, oh. so now it's <laughs> yeah. hours uploading it somewhere else that i know will work but yeah so it's, you know there's going to be those times in right. life where um things happen and, yeah. and you get setbacks or or i mean i feel overwhelmed sometimes when that happens mm-hmm. i'm like okay well now i but it's just a matter of readjusting yeah so when you Usually when we feel overwhelmed, overwhelm is just a feeling of not feeling like you're in control. Mm. And so it's about how do I get control back, back of this situation? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and maybe that is includes just, okay, resetting priorities. Maybe that means you have to call up so-and-so and say, hey, this happens. So I have to push this back, like whatever it is. But whatever you have to do to sort of feel like you're back in control of that situation. Yeah. And that helps to mitigate that feeling of overwhelm. Yeah. Yeah. Such a good point. Something I definitely have learned yeah. a lot. But, from but you with yeah it happens though it happens yeah. definitely so it yeah. happens to all of us yeah definitely thanks nathan so um what's your who's your ideal client oh great question yeah um my ideal client well there this is interesting um because for me we, i think we sort of have when we were starting out we have this sense of okay these are the kinds of people that i want to work with um and then there's reality of who you end up working with that's true, right? Uh, Who do which, you end up attracting? Which can sometimes mm-hmm. be different. Mm-hmm. Um, in general, I would say the people that I really want to work with are the people who are committed to change. People who have, um, they know they're on a journey of living what they would call a meaningful life or a life that's fulfilling. So they don't want to just be caught up in, in the cog, in the wheel of um, the daily routine. Mm-hmm. Um, and they really want to make their difference and they want to help serve the world. And I think one of the things that people in general and me as well, when, when we want to make a difference in the world, we start to think, okay, well, exponentially, how can I make a bigger impact? And so part of me really enjoys being able to work with people who they, when I work with them, the work that they're doing will help make a bigger impact as well. Yeah. And so that's sort of this idea of scaling again. Mm -hmm. Um, who I really end up working with that in my experience is a lot of times women, mostly women so far, um, 
And oftentimes people who are looking to get away from either are entrepreneurs or are looking to get away from the quote unquote job mm-hmm. and become entrepreneurs yeah. and, and start to do something that's, again, that's meaningful work instead of just doing uh, the job that pays the bills. Mm-hmm. So uh, but in terms of ideal, I would say it is that it's it's those people who who are courageous and those people who who know it may not be an easy journey, but uh, yeah, but they're looking to make the change. Do you believe that everyone is courageous? I believe that everyone has the ability to demonstrate courage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, courage isn't, it's not like you have it or you don't. Right. Courage is something you generate it. And, yeah. Uh, you can choose to tap into it. Yeah. yeah. Tony Robbins talks about this a lot too. He's, uh, he'll be given an example of people who are like, oh, it took me 20 years to make that decision. And he's like, no, it didn't. It took you like 30 seconds of insane courage. <laughs> I to, love it. Insane to courage. To actually yeah. make the decision. Yeah. Um, the 30 years was all prep. But, mm-hmm. but really courage is, it's real time. It's what are you doing in the moment? Yeah. Um, you know, can you be afraid and still take the next step forward? Yeah. Um, that's courage. And we can all access that. We can all do it. Um, mm. Sometimes it's hard. Yeah. yeah. It's hard, no doubt. Well, yeah, I would say it. Yeah. And that challenge is all part of it. It is. Is courage. So, um, I was going to ask one question, but I'm going to switch it around. You mentioned in the beginning when we were talking about what is high performance and you were diving into and you mentioned there are different areas in this curriculum, in this, um, yeah, in your system when you work with a client that you mm-hmm. focus on. What is, can you give us an example of what one of those areas are? Sure. Um, I can give you more if you like. Yeah, um, as much so, as you feel like sharing. Okay. So there's basically five key areas that we would say uh, is the are the areas that you experience. So this is your life experience when you start um, demonstrating high performance, when you start using the tools and strategies. Uh, high performers experience more clarity. And so clarity is really all about some of what we've talked about in terms of truly knowing how you want to show up. Mm. Uh, so not just the, okay, this is what I maybe have learned from my parents and I'm just kind of on rerun, but really who are you? Like, how do you want to show up in the world? Are you, if you were to um, live as your best self, that that version of you that, yeah. you know, is is the, your top game or, or what would people say about you at the end of your life? What would you want them to say? And, okay, how am I demonstrating those words? So high performers are really extraordinarily clear on how they want to show up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, there's, there's all the things about goal attainment and, and setting goals for yourself. Like you have to have a roadmap. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it can look different. You don't have to have like an exact point-by-point plan because life happens. Um, but a roadmap you need. Um, mm-hmm. And you have to kind of know where you're going. Uh, I would say the second area is energy. So, And this is a huge one. So many yeah. people today, don't they just don't have enough energy to do the things they want to do. Right. You know, they probably stayed up late got up late, rushing to work, drinking coffee or some other caffeinated drink to keep them going. Uh, and then they crash. Mm-hmm. And it's like they get home, they don't have the energy to, to either exercise or do the things they want. And certainly lots of people do, but there's an epidemic in this country. Yeah, of people just, definitely. They, they don't have the energy they need for life. Mm. So they get home, maybe they don't have the energy for their kids or, or for their spouse or loved one or what have you. So energy is a really big area Um that we that we cover both through um you know productivity actually mm-hmm. um terms as, as well as physiology of yes. course uh, you know nutrition diet yeah. sleep all the all the basics really it, it comes down to the basics that people know but they aren't doing right they aren't incorporating so so really what i do is i help 
people get back in touch with those mm-hmm. um, key elements and and I help them to, you know, schedule and, and okay, like, how is this going to work for you? How can you get this to work for you so that you feel energized, you feel vibrant, you feel passionate? Because you can't feel those things if you don't have the energy. Yeah, yeah, right? totally. So, uh, the other area or next area I would say is we talked about courage. Yes, um, that's why I thought about this question. I was like, oh, okay, I'm not going to give it away. <laughs> but <laughs> That's right. Um, and this is really about getting outside of your comfort zone. So people know uh, the quote, life begins at the end of your comfort zone. And if we're going to go to that place, like like I said, I was in the comfort when I was doing the biochemistry work. Mm-hmm. I was, okay, this is nice. This is easy. Um, just kind of going through the motions. Mm-hmm. But if we're going to grow as people and if we're going to grow towards our dreams and our bigger aspirations, well, that means we're going to have to start doing things we've never done before, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's scary. That and, novelty. And, yeah. Yeah. And that takes courage. So... So it's really about demonstrating, being able to generate that courage when you need it. Uh, the fourth area is achievement. So high performers are just, they're achievers. Yes. They get stuff done. <laughs> Would you say most high performers are type A? I wouldn't. Okay. I was. I know. I, I get I that. Like, um, I, I thought that initially. And okay. then I realized, like, in thinking more about it and then experiencing people. But so anyway, I just Did you count yourself as a type A person? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. But I don't know if I, yeah, it's interesting. It's an interesting question because I think it can be so black and white and people are like, oh, I'm type A. And then you're like, well, let's break that down. What does that really mean? Sorry. Yeah, so, labels. Yeah, labels. labels yeah. Exactly. So anyway, okay, I interrupted you. <laughs> well, I would say, I mean, depending, um, it's going to be so such a fluid situation, but I would say uh, type A people maybe are better at structure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that can lead them to be more successful in in the area of productivity, perhaps mm-hmm. not necessarily, um, but that might help give them a leg up. Yeah. Uh, but no, I wouldn't say that most high achievers are um, Type A people because yeah. generally Type A doesn't necessarily lend itself to creativity. Mm. Um, that's and I'll admit that's not necessarily a well thought out statement. That I just said that, and maybe that's not true. Um, but I, I think creativity. It doesn't work well with boundaries. Yeah. And so type A is can be a lot can about boundaries. Can sometimes be a lot more about the order and boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. And some of the most successful people are creative people. Right. Right. Um, so, but I think, I think part of that is about setting up time for creativity. Yes. Right. And setting yeah. up time for, so, so it's kind of a dance. Yeah, all it these is things. totally. Um, but, you know, and we achieve, we achieve more when we're more productive mm-hmm. and, and we use the tools that, you know, you know about for, for productivity. So. Which ignites more creativity. Exactly. Right. It yeah. also gives you the time mm-hmm. to, to have more creative time mm-hmm. as well. So uh, the fifth area, the final area is influence. Mm. So high performers have a lot of influence uh, and that can show up in different ways. But really influence is about it's not just, OK, are you going to believe what I believe or are you going to do what, what I want you to do? Influence is really it's a collaborative process and it's can you inspire other people to jump on board with a vision that you're creating? Yeah. Um, and in general, you do that by allowing them to be co-creators. Yeah. And so that's that's part of how we get influenced. But it's also about showing up and being consistent in who you are. Because mm. a lot of influence comes down to respect. Right. When you think about the people that you um, that, that you feel are influential for you, yeah. you probably respect them. Yeah, very much. For, for various reasons. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. So who influences who who inspires and influences you? Oh. And you've mentioned a, a lot of different names, but I have. What, who are the first like three that come to mind? The first three. Um, well, I mean, those would be the the pillars, the big mm. pillars that have really shaped 
who I am today and, and, and how I've um, come to be where I am um, from a professional standpoint, mm-hmm. I would say, would be Tony Robbins, mm-hmm. Brendan Burchard, and um, Donnie Epstein. Yeah. Um, so all their work influences what I do, how I show up, and, and how I hope to serve other people. Yeah. Um, you know, on a, on a personal level, um, I would... I would have to say my dad, yeah. um, even though I probably don't tell him enough, mm. um, but just being able to, to raise all the kids that he helped raise, yeah. um, you know, the amount of hours he had to work in, in order to do that. Uh, and just the, the attitude he was able to, to keep is really so inspiring. Wow. Um, yeah. We, we think often about um, when we look at you know, the age of our parents or of our great grandparents and all that they had to go through and we're so lucky today and all the opportunities we yeah, have right and so to to see that to see what firsthand like okay he had to like give up all these things and um and work so hard so yeah that's really inspirational yeah um i would say definitely um you know i mentioned uh, i didn't actually say her name dr Debert, um yeah who's uh the founder of well or not the founder but she took over wellspring center for well-being um hugely influential in my life and getting me to step outside my comfort zone yeah. in many many levels um huge um so on a personal level those have been uh really big and uh and my lady today who just really allows me to to be who i am without judgment and to be the wacky crazy person <laughs> that i am yeah um you know, it's, we all have different sides, right? So when I get home, you know, I can be just as kind of wacky as probably the next person. But um, which is awesome. Yeah. And so great. Yeah. And she yeah. just she just allows me to do that w- without judgment yeah. or, and really enjoys it. So yeah. um, I would say those three people um, on a personal level. That's beautiful. Thank you, Nathan, for sharing. That's awesome. Yeah, you're welcome. That's great. Um, so this has been so much fun. I feel like we could probably talk forever. We probably um, could. I really enjoyed <laughs> learning so much more about you. Um, one more question is, is there anything you're working on right now that you're really excited? About? I mean, I know you're working on a lot of different things, but what yeah. are you really excited about with your business and your work right now? And what's your vision in the next year? Ah, great question. Um, so one thing that I'm really working with is, is about awareness. So it's really... Um, doing more workshops is something that I have in the pipeline just to really get uh, what is high performance because it's it can be a misnomer it can be misleading so really getting people to know okay this is what high performance is about and mm-hmm. it really is accessible to anyone who's willing to show up and be consistent right um, I'm also working on an online program for embodiment uh, so this is a, a key aspect of even what I bring into my coaching is embodiment because so many coaching tools can be mental and can keep you in kind of a headspace. So this is a way for me to tie in the healing work, the yoga work that I do. Um, It's really about being in touch with yourself and body awareness and, and again, how you want to show up and who you really are. Uh, So I'm putting together a program for that as well. So it'll be accessible and available to anyone. Yeah, exactly. So this is really part of that scale. Like how do I scale up? And technology today has made that possible for, for all of us. That's awesome. Yeah, your business name is Embodied Excellence, which I love. Mm-hmm. What what led you to come up with that name? So I would say it is, it's the blending. It's that perfect merger of the two, of high performance, uh, which is really all about achieving mm-hmm. excellence. I think it was Aristotle that said, you know, excellence is really about um, us having habits, yeah, right? Yes. Um, so in, in achieving those habits. So, and that's... 
butchered that quote totally. <laughs> no, but, it's okay. Um, I know I'm in my head trying to remember exactly, but that was perfect. It's right, fine. Right. <laughs> um, excellence is a habit, therefore not um, not an act or something like that. Yeah. But um, so it was that and, and really being able to, okay, well, what does high performance embody? And for me, it, it's it's excellence. Yeah. It, it's achieving at those higher levels. It's it's really showing up and, and doing the best you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then embodiment is just a key thing that was so important to me, um, largely again through yoga and through the, the network care work, uh, that I just want people to be in their bodies because that's where passion comes from. Yes. That's where that excitement, that's where that vibrancy comes from. It's from being in your body and connected to your spirit mm. and, and your soul. Yeah. And so it's such an important element. So the two just kind of fit together nicely. Yeah, it's awesome. It is. It's beautiful. Yeah, thank you. I'm so excited for your online program too. I can't wait to, to see it when oh. it's... Yeah, yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, I'll, awesome. um, I'll, you'll be one of the first to know. Thanks, Nathan. For sure. So where can people find you? Like, let's say, because um, we've had all these amazing listeners out there learning about who you are mm-hmm. as Nathan Smith and as your individual self, and then also really getting a feel for what you do and what high-performance coaching is. And um, I really encourage any of you who are feeling at all a nudge to reach out to Nathan to reach out. He is amazing. And again, my work with you was... I, it's hard to put words to it, but absolutely transformational and really sparked me into deeper mindfulness and authenticity in my work and, um, thank you. and great success too. So thank you. So where can people find you? Uh, well, my website is just uh, embodiedexcellence.com. Uh, it's fairly straightforward. And then uh, I do have a YouTube channel where um, at present I have 52 videos. I, oh my gosh, that, congratulations. Yeah, that was That's actually awesome. part, that was part of a year-long challenge yeah. um, that I did and successfully completed. And you did it. Yeah, so um, I have a YouTube channel, uh, just Embodied Excellence. And then um, and I'm also starting a new blog, uh, but so that's not quite ready yet in the next couple of weeks. Um, and Facebook, just my yeah. Facebook page, Embodied Excellence, and that'd be a great way to get to those videos as well. And his videos are amazing and just always have really cool twists to them too. So <laughs> thank you. yeah, check them out. Well, thank you so much, Nathan. This was so much fun. And I know, um, yeah, maybe, maybe you can come back again in a year and we'll see where you're at. Yeah, that'd be awesome. But I know that you are going to continue just to make such a wild difference and tremendous um, impact on, in this world. So you're doing amazing work. And thank you so yeah. much. And thank you for having me. I really, really appreciate it. And um, you're a fantastic client. So just keep going out there and doing what you know how to do. Thank you. Thanks, Nathan. All right. Bye. Bye.